Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! Mike Corn gets the ball again. That's out. Shifty, shaky. That's Nike. Gets in. Touchdown. Blake Corum is phenomenal. On the field, off the field. Making a stop right here. Which they certainly did. The Michigan Wolverines are headed to the national championship. Ewers takes a shotgun snap. He's back to pass. Pressure coming. Throws the fade. Jackson knocks the ball away. The Huskies are... What's happening, everybody? This is Rod coming to you live post-college football playoff. Everyone knows Brandon Chain, and everyone knows Robert Davis. So let's go straight, straight. Straight to Michigan, Michelle and South Lion Sloan. <laughs> what is happening? Hail to the victors. How are we feeling? Oh, blue. We're feeling great. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I know we're going to get into this, but I have never, ever seen a team push around Alabama. And that's all I'll say as a host. I was shocked and mesmerized, and their effect was just I mean, I was so jealous as a USC guy. 2004 was a long-ass time ago. I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and I'm going to kind of mix it up here. I'm going straight uh, to Michelle. This team seems very similar to the last three Michigan teams, aside from the maturation of J.J. Was this a case of Michigan putting it all together, or did they catch Alabama at the right time? I think it was Michigan putting it all together and the team being dominant enough to overcome some key mistakes. Um, You mentioned the maturity level. This was basically last year's team with another year of strength and conditioning and workout, a little dose of adversity, never hurt anyone either. (laughs) Especially if you've got a strong culture like they do. We also saw this was consistent with kind of who Alabama was all season. They were not your your grandma's Bama, um, to put it mildly. Hey, um, easy, easy there. <laughs> yeah, I'm old as hell. Your grandma's Bama. I love that. Your grandma. I'm writing that down. Um, but no, you were saying, and, and I'm going to go to you and Tom. Um, were you guys able to get out to what I consider the most beautiful, most vivid, um, best environment on January 1st, uh, and that's Pasadena, California. Um, where did you guys watch? What were your confidence levels? Were you sober enough? 
Did you rewatch the game? Um, this time, Tom, let's start with you. Going in, I knew you were a little nervous. I got some I'm going to puke text. Um, where'd you watch? And uh, were you surprised Michigan did what they did? Well, we, we, had a, we had a party here at the Speakeasy, so lots of food, lots of drinks. Um, so that alone was, was a lot of fun. Uh, but going into this, I, I didn't really have a lot of expectations. Uh, I didn't want to get too high. Uh, emotionally, I, I, I felt like this could be a game where, where Alabama kind of shined. So I wasn't really sure. Uh, the Iowa game scared me a little bit offensively. It seemed like Michigan um, didn't really you know, bring their A game. Uh, there was a lot of holes offensively. Defensively, obviously, they pitch a shutout. So I wasn't too concerned about that. But my biggest concern was Milrow's ability to run the ball. Uh, I really wasn't too worried about his accuracy passing. You know, freshman, it's a big stage. Is it going to be too much? But you got almost a month with Nick Saban to prepare. Uh, and let's face it, Michelle will agree. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's track record of of college football playoff games, uh, not the highest. So uh, I didn't know what to expect. So basically my expectations were I didn't make any predictions. I just sat there. And I can tell you this, um, after the first play that was picked, but he, you know, it was uh, illegal touching, uh, my anxiety immediately went to uh, Lions-Cowboys status from Saturday night. Um, <laughs> but I was relieved when they showed up on defense. First, first snap for Alabama, uh, Braden McGregor gets in there with a sack. The third down play is a sack. Um, it kind of set the tone. So that told me right there, we're in for a dogfight. And, um, man, uh, the anxiety only got worse as the game went on. Uh, maybe the, the high ABV beers that were coming out of the keg had something to do with it. But, um, no, I, 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 I felt like this was an opportunity for me to not get too excited, um, not make predictions so I can get disappointed. That way, when it happened the way it happened, uh, I was even more elated. So. Yeah, uh, you know, Bama punting on three of their first four possessions, including, you know, the second possession, I believe, when it was sack, uh, incomplete or something, sack. I was like, what the hell? I've never seen this. Um, you know, not in 15, not since I started drinking. Um, I, that was, and, and then the, the fun muffed punt, I think it was that same possession, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, Michelle, what did that sequence specifically do when you saw the muffed punt? And did were you surprised at Michigan's ability to really control the trenches, both sides of the ball, I thought? You know, I was expecting trench control by Michigan. I had a lot of confidence, especially in the D-line headed into this game. Alabama's O-line hadn't looked like the O-line we're used to seeing. Its defense was a little bit better. I expected maybe a slower start on offense for Michigan, kind of like we've seen all season, right? Like they, they haven't been terrific in the first quarter anyway, but that first sack against Milrow is when I realized like, Oh, this team is hungry. Right. And they're getting penetration. They've got him on his ass. And then they did it again. And it was similar to the Iowa game where even though the offense kind of sputtered, I had so much confidence in the defense that I wasn't really nervous. Now the punt, 
was hard, right? You just gave him a shorter field. And that was something they capitalized on, obviously. Samaj Morgan is a true freshman. He's been incredibly reliable all season. I think he had a punt return almost for a touchdown just a couple games ago. So I don't hate Harbaugh's decision to have him out there. But I do think you see that contrast between some of the veterans, right, who have been through two college football playoffs before they know what they're dealing with, their nerves are under control, and then you get a true freshman out there in those lights and not bend you under that pressure. And I think we saw what happened. So I, I sort of traveled the same roller coaster, but ultimately the defense um, really calmed my nerves. And, and I, I was nervous, but not nearly as nervous as I was in previous games, just because the defense was so dominant. You know, I agree with you. You need athletes to combat athletes, but um, is it safe to say, Tom, that Michigan special teams mm-hmm. were not very special? I, I mean, you, you have to be thankful for that defense. Uh, let, let's stop for a minute and realize Samaj with his uh, fumbled punt and then Thaw in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure what he was thinking by um, even trying to field that punt. Uh, fortunately, he recovered it and stayed uh, in, in the field of play. But between that and and they were really sloppy. I mean, they were really sloppy. Uh, botch snap on the extra point attempt, low snap on the the field goal attempt. You look at all that, and and you say there's not a snowball's chance in Hades that they win the game, and they pull it out. I think that's a testament to maybe the depth and the preparation that they had going into the game. They were able to overcome those those huge mistakes. So you wonder if. If Samaj doesn't get, you know, maybe the sun was in his eyes or a little bit when he was trying to catch that ball. Um, maybe something, they don't score that touchdown, you know, eventually. So that game could have been a lot more um, different score, we'll say. But, um, yeah, that that's not going to cut it on Monday. They've, they've got to shore that up for sure because um, they can't afford to lose possessions based on fumbled punts because Washington's going to, and we'll talk about it, Washington's going to bring – a lot of offense, so we're we're gonna get into that. You know, there were eight fumbles in that game, uh, five total by Bama, and it d- depends on what you define by a fumble. Uh, three by Michigan, I believe. Each team lost one. But um, Michelle, before we kind of get into these other two knuckleheads, and we're going to get into special teams. But again, Tommy Doman averaged thirty nine and a half. James Turner um, missed his only kick. Um, Miss, miss the what? I mean, there's nothing that drives me crazier in a big game than missed opportunities and not taking advantage of field position. That didn't scare you at all, or was it more so just you know, all right, defense, do it again. I know you will. It was just so uncharacteristic of Michigan, right? This Michigan team has been defined by its discipline by its lack of mistakes, by its lack of turnovers. It was just so uncharacteristic that I guess there was a little part of me that was like, oh no, this is TCU all over again, right? Where we look like we're physically the better team and it's just mistakes that are costly. But but for some reason, I don't know, I'm a big vibes girl and and the vibes were good for me, even even (laughs) in the face of those (laughs) mistakes. (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of a big vibes girl, 
Brandon. I'm just kidding. That's usually what I'd say to Rob. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew I, knew you were I was wondering who's oh, going to get you. I was like, uh, it's I was definitely he's to, calling me. <laughs> yeah. That's always that's always Rob. Uh, I went off of what we have is uh, basically a, a rough script. Uh, Brandon, you know I love and respect you, but um, <laughs> I had to go to Brandon first because as a Ohio State fan, it looks like he has the 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 nuts. Again, we sound very misogynistic. I, I apologize deeply, Michelle, um, or every anyone out there that's offended. I've just been canceled, and I'm sorry. Um, but Brandon, were you? I think it's the dumbest shit in the world when people pull for their for the same conference. Um, did you want to see Michigan win it? And what's quickly funny is I can't recall who it was, but they, uh, Michelle and and Tom will know that that they defended Ohio State that that wasn't the same team they saw play. Did you, in a sense, want to defend Michigan? Were you did you want to see them win? Um, and was that because of the conference or because Bama's been there every year? Uh, no, I mean, like I said on our text, I don't know if you ever read it or not, but <laughs> I said I wish both teams could lose because David Hicks asked us our predictions, and I'm I'm like I wish both teams could lose because that would be my ultimate you know win for me. But no, I was definitely pulling for Bama, even though. You know, they've been there, blah, blah, blah. But I can't pull for Michigan. I mean, it's just not, you know, it's just not going to happen. But I do bet with my head and not my heart. So I did bet on Michigan to win the game. So a um, little hedge of the bet there. But, um, no, it was – dude, it was just – and I, I sent a, a Facebook message out, a post um, on our Rexpec account that – I think it was midway through the second quarter, like Michigan is more athletic. Like they are physically dominating Alabama. And it's like that when you win the trenches like that, you can afford to make mistakes. Like Michigan did not play a clean game by any mm -hmm. means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, uh, Edwards almost threw it away on that, that they, reverse lateral. It, two for you 11 know, and then, on third downs. Fortunately, Bama was three for 13, but you're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. It was not a clean game. But it was a good game because I mean those. No, it was those good. Like they, the best two teams in the country to me. Yeah, I mean they I mean, were they, just they, smashing they, each other. They were, uh, but you know, to Tom's point earlier, without that early muff punt on special special teams, um, you know, I don't think this game goes to overtime. I think it's it's mm -hmm. over in the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, let's go Washington. <laughs> no comment rob did um, the better did the better team win overall team coach team everything yes i think so and, and so much was made of the coming into this game how much alabama got better throughout the season um michigan got much better throughout the game and i think this was this was this reminded me watching it Excellent. of that if you want to call it a classic or a debacle or whatever you wanted of that nine six LSU game it was just like it's too great like there's a lot of good athletes on the field and it's like who's gonna make the mistake and, and and it was just intense the whole game um I was shocked um how well 
the Michigan defensive line played. They were able to get pressure without blitzing, and we all know if you can do that, you are most likely going to win because it's a numbers mm-hmm. game. Um, the I, I feel bad for the Alabama center. He had a horrible night. Uh, he, he, he looked like he had seen ghosts all night. Like, yeah. oh. And he, you know, he entered the transfer portal today. Yep. Yep. Like that, you know, I, I, hopefully – Alabama nut jobs aren't going crazy with him and his family. Uh, but yeah, poor. I mean, I felt bad for him. But yeah, that defensive line stuck out. And I, you know, they, and then I think in an odd way, because of what all happened with Michigan this year, that coaching staff has gelled and they trust each other. And there was just kind of more confidence where especially at the end, you saw Alabama's coaching staff make mistakes where Michigan did not. And so I think that was just a product of what's happened throughout this whole season. Total sacks and tackles for loss was 16 to two. I, Georgia, any, any, I've never heard of such a thing. And as a USC fan, who's very hopeful when I saw that Michigan team, I just went, uh, two two uh, players that stood out to me defensively that did not get enough credit. Rod Moore. Rod Moore was the, the The hero of the Ohio State game. And Michelle's favorite, number zero, Mikey yeah, Sainristil. He was absolutely all over the football field on Monday. And uh, I hope that NFL scouts were paying attention because – this guy's got a motor like nobody else. And two years ago, he was a, maybe a fourth best receiver on the team. Now he's he's your your hybrid corner slash safety who can line up at linebacker, even though he's tiny. He's he's a special kid. And and um, another guy, Michael Barrett, um, who played his, you know, he'll play his last game Monday, but he uh he went out with a bang for sure. Uh he he made some huge tackles for losses. So there's a lot of guys on that defensive side that didn't get a lot of uh, uh, notoriety, we'll say, throughout the season that really stepped up. You know, one of the interesting <clears throat> things about the sacks is that I believe there were five different guys when they had five sacks that had sacks, right? Which suggests Michigan's pressure is coming from everywhere. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you could just worry about, you know, Hutchinson or Ojabo, but like Michigan's got got guys all over that line that can crush you. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's really exciting, especially going up against, you know, the Joe Moore award winning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was was a no comment there. Oh, yeah. I mean, only McGregor had two sacks. Four or five other guys had one. Uh, just it's absolutely almost, mind-boggling. Like they had film on their plays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that nerd was that nerd was spotted there. But let's—that's a nice transition because Michelle did a lot of that stuff contribute to what we saw on Monday. Everything Michigan has been through all year. Absolutely. Right. And I, I think it was Chris Jenkins and kind of a post-game video that was like, everyone doubted us. Everyone doubted us. And this is similar rhetoric 
that we heard from Georgia last year, a very dominant Georgia team, right? That that was somehow under the mistaken impression that they had been doubted. Um, But Michigan uh, was, I guess, fortunate or unfortunate enough to have its own sort of adversity narrative this season. Georgia didn't have that. (laughs) You can say that. But but Michigan had one. And, And I think that can either sink a team and destroy them, or it can galvanize them if you have enough of a culture built in. And if you have guys with the experience and maturity and leadership of this Michigan team, a lot of people have called this team, you know, team led, not coach led. And when you have your head coach out for six games of the season and you still go undefeated, um, to me, that suggests that the, the adversity didn't beat you, you beat it, and then you used it to beat others. Well, and and to just piggyback off that, like Harbaugh is a great coach, but he's also a weird dude. And like <laughs> this, like just like like this Michigan team or the Michigan program has lived with three or at least two years now of is he going to the NFL? Is he doing like just all this distraction outside and they're used to this kind of chaos outside and just focusing inside the building on what they need to do. And it, it's been impressive for this group of kids and coaches to, to, to manage all this. This started four years ago, really, when, when he decided to somewhat take a pay cut so he could go out and get the right coaches. He paid the assistants. They're, they're paid just like Alabama assistants, maybe yeah. some even higher. Um, so they got the right, right coaches to coach these kids up. So um, I I think that's a testament to the program in itself. So, um, but as Michigan fans, it's the same old, same old when it comes to Harbaugh and and flirting with the NFL. So it's, it's, it's kind of expected at this point. Oh, I got, I got a Raiders text while we've been talking. (laughs) Oh, just don't. I, Please don't. Um, I've, I've had a rough enough day as it is. Um, and that goes into my final question, both for Tom and Michelle, if you can be brief. Um, we've gone 30 minutes on this topic nearly, but it was worth it with you two and, and going through again. What I saw was a game unlike any other I've seen in terms of the domination of Alabama, uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. But tell me quickly, what does next year look like? Can they repeat? Um, is JJ gone? Uh, Corum's gone. I'm not sure about Donovan Edwards. Uh, does Harbaugh say, all right, I achieved the highest level here. Um, I know that's a lot to throw at you, but um, can this team repeat yes or no to both of you and tell me Are we why? they're beating Washington already? I forgot about that. We're going to have to beat them again. Next. Okay, how about can, this? Can they get back to what, the – what does Michigan look like next year? I can start on this one. So Please. they are, they're losing a ton of talent, but they're also returning a ton of talent. So Will Johnson, the absolute stud corner is, is coming back. His step. Coming back. Donovan Edwards coming back. That D line that we talked about, Mason Graham coming back. Kenneth Graham. Coming back. So some really key elements. We don't know about JJ. Um, that remains a question mark. I think JJ and Jim are very much a package deal. Uh, I think if Jim comes back, it definitely increases the likelihood that JJ does. Jim goes to the NFL. I suspect JJ will too. 
Um, but I, I do have, it's going to be a harder schedule. The schedule next year is absolutely no joke, except for maybe that USC game. There's really not a cupcake on. No, Michigan still plays the high day, don't they? No comment. But it's, it's a really, really <laughs> tough schedule. They do have a lot of returning talent. And even if Harbaugh goes to the NFL, I like Sharon Moore. He's already proven it in a couple of really big moments. Um, and as long as they have Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach, who I actually mm. think is a secret sauce to that program, I still think they can win 11 games. All right. Last question, Tom. I'm switching it up. J.J. McCarthy, does he stay or go? I think he does. I think, I think, think his stays? draft stock – I think his draft stock – yeah, I think he stays. I think I agree, his draft actually. stock kind of dropped a little bit as the season went on. Um, and he looked really, really uh, shoddy at times on Monday. So I think another year would be really good for him. Uh, I think it all depends on what happens on Monday. And, you know, just to kind of talk about what Michelle said, uh, that defensive front, they're almost all coming back. And Will Johnson, like she said, um, he had – Two balls thrown his direction the whole game on Monday and uh, no receptions. Um, that tells you a lot about him. He's back. Uh, they've got the Mr. Ohio, who is a, a, a football. Mr. Ohio is a running back coming in. Shots fired. Uh, they're, 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 no, that's, that's no, I'm just making the claim. No, uh, that they lose Corum. They lose Corum, but they have Mullins. He's, he's stating back. fact. He's just stating fact. They have Mullins. Our, our back running back room was full. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but let's not forget one name. And it's a fun name, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Orgy. They have been featuring him a lot. The last big games that they've played. I think he's going to play a huge role in this offense. So even if JJ comes back, I see a lot of, uh, snaps coming his way. And then if J JJ decides to go, I think clearly he's he's the guy with Jaden Davis coming in who was on the sidelines Monday, uh, this five-star out of uh, North Carolina. So um, he'll be the next man up after that. So I think the future is very bright still. And this is a um, what have you done for me lately uh, football program where kids want to go to where they can win. And I think Right now, it's it's Michigan's at the, at the top with Georgia and Alabama, obviously, and Ohio State's going to be there. And so you're, they've taken that step, and I think they're going to keep rolling. Uh, well, the, the jury's still out on Tennessee, Robbie. Yeah, we'll see, see what uh, we did to Iowa in the Citrus Bowl? <laughs> uh, somebody mute his mic. But, uh, yeah, I think yeah. – uh, and as far as Harbaugh goes, to quote the one of the greatest baseball – play-by-play men of all time, Ernie Harwell. He's long gone. I really think he's gone, and uh, that really sucks. But I think eight to ten game suspension isn't what he's looking for next year. So, And I think the NCAA is really out for him, and that's what's going to happen. So I think the, for the best of both parties is if he moves on. They already have the staff in place. Sharon Moore has proven it, and um, I've got a good friend that – uh, hates that idea, but um, he doesn't think an offensive line coach should be the coach. But uh, I think he's already tested and uh, passed. So give me your own more moving forward. I agree with you entirely. Um, again, we can talk about this game all day. 
and we're going to get into Michigan a little bit later. Uh, but let's quickly move on and not necessarily quickly, but Rob, what are your top three takeaways from the University of Washington's 37 to 31 victory over the Texas Longhorns? Uh, man, they're fun to watch. And uh, they have got uh, Pennis Jr. Like, I, you know, kept an eye on him. He was, you know, wanted to go to Tennessee. Our past coaching staff was awful and they blew it. Went to IU. Well, I went there also for for a little bit. So always kept an eye on him. Uh, he got to Washington and then uh, just he, he throws a great ball. Reminds me of uh, two of the way he just gets rid of the lefty, just throwing it. Those receivers are great. It's kind of a side sling lefty. Yeah, can throw yeah, it. And, and he is Those accurate as hell. Um, the other takeaway, though, is – Man, they like to play close games, and uh, they just live by the seat of their pants. Um, I am so intrigued. I've been going – I was thinking about the show all day, and I've been going back and forth before we get to the predictions. This is tough. This is great defense versus great offense. Um, The Michigan defensive line against this quick release, quick offense – I can't wait for it. Um, so I, I thought it was a great game, and both of these games were just great. Appointment watching TV. Didn't like the start time. I'm getting old. I'm showing my age. It was late, but uh, no. Uh, I thought I thought they looked great, and and I thought they've been the best team all year long. Um, played the toughest you, schedule. To your credit, you had them at number one for the last seven weeks. Yeah, they, um, at they, least, they, which was surprising to me as as a Pac tener or twelve or uh, I just couldn't see putting a Pac twelve at number one. Pac two, Pac two, whatever it is. I I I'm speechless again. But no, no. To your credit, you had that, uh, Brandon. I asked Rob this question earlier. Did the better team win? And what did you think of the game flow, especially the last two minutes and 40 seconds when it seemed like Washington up 37 to 28 didn't want to win? Now, as Rob said, they've had 10 games uh, where the margin of victory was 10 points or less. Um, Well, that's playing with fire. but, but, But tell me about what you saw, their ability to close, and were you impressed? Tell me, what were your thoughts about that game? Yeah, I was impressed. Um, but it's it, like Rob said, it's, we've had Michigan or um, Washington in our, you know, hovering around the top four or five and even into one in several spots, several weeks um, for quite some time now. They've just looked like the most powerful offense Uh you know, it was unbelievable to watch them unfold like they did. I really thought Texas was going to come back and win that game. Like that is either the defense is getting really lazy there, but it it continues to happen. So there's obviously some, some issue. Um, But I, I thought the game was good overall. And I do think the better team won overall. Uh, I, I think they can score, almost any time at will. 
I mean, they're the epitome of a West Coast offense, in my opinion. And this is going to be a great matchup with Michigan because, you know, they they match up really well on each other's uh, weaknesses. So I, I think that's going to combat for a great game. Um, and I, I like I like to see Michigan, you know, if they get punched in the mouth, like what what are they going to do? Because they haven't really been behind in a game to where they've had to throw the ball and score quickly. And you've seen them methodically run down the field and just push over the other team. And, you know, they'll they'll throw the ball around here or there, but it, it's not like a two-minute, like we've got to score quickly twice, uh, you know, within seven minutes or something. So uh, I'm anxious to see if that scenario happens, how Michigan responds. Um, because I do think Michigan is a better team. It pains me to say, but um, I do think they are the best team in the country. The, the better offensive team uh, would be Washington would slightly get the nod, just quarterback play um, and a Dunzo, uh, quite the receiver there. But that Michigan front dude is going to be tough to stop. So Penix, uh, imagine he's going to be running quite a bit. I agree with you, and then let's transition here. Um, that being said, the Washington offensive line is very highly rated. They've done very well all year. It helps that Penix has a quick release, but I personally was very surprised that they were able to handle the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year um, in Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy the second, who were probably, maybe aside from the maize and blue, the two best defensive tackles in the country, at least statistically and by NFL scout standards. Um, Michelle, are you concerned at all? This looks like it's a better OL than Alabama's, in my opinion. I mean, it's, you know, according to some people, the best O-line in the country. Um, so some I, people. Some people, you know, the Joe Moore Award Committee um, might, might say that they're the best O-line. Um, I'm a little concerned, right? This is probably going to be one of the tougher O-lines Michigan has seen. Now Penn State had a really good offensive line and we did okay. We were able, but Aller kind of sucked, right? I, I mean, Aller, Penix, not the same, not quite the same. So Penix is pretty mobile, even if you get through the OL, as we've seen. So I, I do think it's going to be the biggest challenge Michigan has seen trying to pressure him. Um, that's an interesting thought. Um, the Washington offensive line is highly rated. Now, I watched a lot of Washington, and like I said, Penix is a very quick release. Dylan Johnson <laughs> opens up a lot, the Mississippi State transfer, although he did not against Texas, which was surprising, 21 for 49. Um, he did have two TDs, though, but uh, it's kind of like uh, when Jamal Williams for Detroit last year in the NFL. Uh, got the ball at the one-yard line every time. Um, he is going to play. His injury concerned me quite a bit. Um, but my point being, along with Dylan Johnson, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, their tight end, Jack Westover, um, they have a lot of options there, and it makes a lot of players look better. Um, Tom, let's just go full mode switch in into the next game, the Michigan and Washington for the national championship, which is on a Monday, which sucks to me, but the NFL rules the world. 
Um, I still think the NFL should give them Saturday, uh, but that's not a lot of time to prepare. But give me your thoughts on this matchup. Well, I can say this. I remember uh, a former Joe Moore award-winning offensive line that went up against uh, what may have been one of the better defensive lines in all of college football with uh, Georgia two years ago going up against uh, our Michigan Wolverine offensive line and uh, didn't seem to really matter a whole lot. Uh, I, I like, like Michelle mentioned, there was four guys that got sacks, four or five guys, different guys that got sacks, their ability to come from all angles, all positions. I think that gives them somewhat of an advantage. Um, And then you, you pair that up with Will Johnson, Rod Moore on the other side, Sandra still. I, I, I think they have a better secondary than what uh, Texas brought to the to the playing field on Monday. So I think overall well-rounded, they're defensively, they're, they're, they're stacked. They're very solid pretty much at every position. So um, not having a healthy running back could hurt them. But the one thing that does concern me, Looking back at the Alabama game, uh, the third quarter, Alabama kind of took that momentum back. And why did they do that? Quick plays. The ball got out of Milrow's hand really fast. They kind of eliminated Michigan's ability to to rush the passer. Um, And that is what Penix does very well. So if, if they're able to connect on a lot of crossing routes and he gets those, the ball out within three seconds, I think that could pose a problem for Michigan. Um, so in that regard, that's the one thing I'm worried about. But um, the flip side is offensively, I think you saw Michigan, you know, kind of dabble around in some some weird plays. The, 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 the reverse flip back to J.J., which can we agree that was one hell of a one-handed catch. Uh, and he made the throw to Roman Wilson. Um, so – They've been known to kind of open it up a little bit uh, and give a lot of teams looks that they haven't seen. So um, offensively, I think Michigan will be okay. This is a this is a Colston Loveland X-Factor game. Uh, middle of the field, he's got to get that ball to him that's going to open up uh, Corum, who you know he's going to be playing with, with uh, just possessed uh, emotions being his last game in his career at Michigan. So – I, I think when you when you break it all down, this might be – I think I saw a stat it's the first time in like four years, five years, that the number one and number two play each other uh, in the finals. These, these are the two best teams in the country. All BS aside, all the nonsense that's happened throughout the season with Michigan, uh, the, the, the allegations and whatnot that we've, we've beat a dead horse over, um, these are the two best teams. Washington started the season uh, top of its class. It kind of fizzled out midway, but they still remained undefeated. And all the indications were Oregon was, was the talk of the town and the, the Pac-12. Uh, not the case. Uh, Washington has been uh, all as advertised. And um, so I think the committee uh, got it right. And, and, and I'll, I'll kind of hit on this real quick. I don't think this is the matchup the committee wanted. Um, 
But ultimately, the committee got it right with the two best teams, the two undefeated teams. And the two teams that they wanted were Bama and Texas. And uh, to quote Lee Corso, not so fast. And ironically enough, Lee Corso took Michigan Monday, which was a shocker to me. But, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a classic, um, one that uh, we'll all remember. And I hope Michelle and I will be uh, um, high-fiving from afar Monday night. Uh, before we get to Tweedledum and Tweedledumer, sorry, Chain, you know I love you. Um, Michelle, where does Michigan have an advantage and where does Washington have an advantage? And are there any X factors you can think of? Sure. I think Michigan has a few advantages. One is its defense is extraordinary, right? Like number two scoring defense in the country. Another big advantage that people might not think about is discipline on the field. So I kind of tweeted this earlier this week. Michigan is second in fewest penalty yards per game. Washington is second to last. Um, They give up an average of over 70 yards per game in penalties. That's something that a lot of people are not thinking about, but in a big game like this one, it could matter, especially when you have the more veteran experienced team in Michigan. And a Washington team that hasn't been there before. Um, I think, though, the biggest X factor, I mean, obviously, Washington's got a high-powered offense, tons of targets, exceptional quarterback. Everybody's going to be thinking about those things. Um, Is Michigan's strength and conditioning and endurance. They stay strong because they're deep, especially on defense. And also Ben Herbert, I mentioned him earlier. I think it gives them a huge physical edge. We've seen Washington take it late into games with bad teams. I'm talking about Stanford. Arizona State. They should have lost that game. Right? And it is because they cannot sustain what they do. Texas almost beat them, right? They took their foot off the gas and almost got beat by Texas late. Michigan, yes, there was a close game with Bama, but you've seen their physical strength shine late into the third and fourth quarter when a lot of other teams are simply gassed. And I think that especially when everybody is going all out in a natty game, I think that's the X factor that makes a difference for Michigan. Um, Just absolutely well said. Uh, Quickly, and Brandon and Rob, I mean no disrespect, but we've got two massive Michigan folks. I'm sure you understand if Tennessee and Ohio State were playing, uh, nobody else except for Michelle, Tom wouldn't talk, but uh, would be saying anything. But um, Brandon, how do you see this game playing out and who wins? Ohio State fans came and worked their microphone. Sorry. Uh, I've gone back and forth on this like Rob all day. Um, I think Michigan's going to pull it off because they're more well-rounded on the defensive side. Um, And I don't think we've quite seen what McCarthy can do with his arm. And I think he might be forced to do so in occasions, and I think it'll come down to that. making plays with his arms. I think they're going to attempt to shut the run down uh, and, and scheme for that. So it, I think it's going to be some haymakers though. I think you're going to see some big chunk plays um, on both sides, whether it be a 60 yard run from Michigan or a 
60 yard touchdown catch from uh, Penix uh, or throw from Penix. So it's going to be a battle. I think, I, I think they got the over under at like 55 and a half. Um, Seems like a lot for any Michigan game, in my opinion. It it does, but I think it's baited, man. I, I like the over here because of the, the volatility of Penix and, and that offense. And I think the discipline, like to the Michigan people's point here, uh, the discipline of Michigan, can they get back on the horse? Can they rally the troops? Can they, you know, march downfield on a two-minute drill and score? Um like I said, we haven't really got to see that this year. So that that's the big question mark in my eyes. Other than that, I mean, I think Michigan's the better team all around and, and should win this game. Robbie, same question. And if you do like Michigan, do they cover the four and a half? <laughs> oh, we got, we're not getting to bet your nuts yet, are we? Um, so I, I won't say that, but let, let there. So same question. Washington just like scares me with their offensive firepower. Like Texas ran the ball 28 times, averaged 6.4 yards per rush. Washington averaged 3.3 and we're still able to put up 37 points. That's firepower. Uh well, it's passing firepower. Do I think they can beat Michigan running for 3.3 yards a carry? No, I don't. But with the Johnson injury, and most of that was Pendix rushing 10 yards a carry. So, yeah, but, Alabama seemed like a lot of broken plays were their biggest gains. Yeah. Um, you know, they weren't lining up in old school T formation yeah. and going right at them. That's for damn sure. I, I this is this isn't near as a kind of a lopsided line, but I've been wanting to be on Michigan all day long. So I think they're better. I think they're better coach. I think they've got everything going their way. Um, and Raj, I hate to bring up this, but it just kind of feels like this is a Vince Young moment. I just kind of feel like. Penix it may just have one of those games where it's just like, how did this happen? Two things. One, I was in that end zone. Two, his fucking knee was down. <laughs> um, that considered the greatest game ever uh, pisses me off. So I'm praying uh, this thing goes into quadruple overtime and we never talk about fatty vince young again but uh <laughs> hey, Wait, did, you, did you see him did you see him monday night yeah he, he looks like about he, 80 years old he looks like Man. he ate vince young from like 20 years ago hey hey um, he, he, he's enjoying that titans money is what he's enjoying uh, wow. he's enjoying a lot of whataburger too um <laughs> michelle tom higher concern level washington or alabama Go ahead, Michelle. First. Michelle first. Washington. Um, only because Washington is that team that you bet against all year and they just find a way, right? They were dogs to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship and found a way. They were dogs to Texas, found a way. They've been in a lot of close games and a lot of bad positions. They find a way. 
Um, and I think a huge part of that is their ability to just make huge explosive plays on offense because they have targets everywhere, right? And it makes it hard to stop. So I, I have a lot of confidence in Michigan defense, but you just can't deny what that offense can do and what that offense can do quickly, right? Um, it takes two seconds for them to go 25 yards. Uh, and, and that scares me a little bit. Uh, you know, they didn't use Dylan Johnson nearly enough. Uh, fortunately, until my USC game when he had 26 carries for 256 yards. Mm-hmm. And the stat, I think Tom told me, was he had 100 yards before being touched. Uh, which I, I didn't think that was possible. That was like Tecmo <laughs> bullshit before you guys were born. Um, but after that, it really opened up the game until Texas shutting him down. But them still being able to score was very surprising to me. Now, I believe this is the number one passing offense versus the number two passing defense. Is that correct? And and I think Washington secondary is, you know, in the 119th or something. Um, mm-hmm. I could be, I could be wrong in all of this, but usually I'm not. Uh, just kidding. Um, Tom, I asked Michelle about confidence level and X factors, and, and I know you have a lot of thoughts about this game. So in a few minutes, lay it on us. I am I am more confident this week. And uh, I know our, our good buddy, Justin Pollington, you know, he said Washington's a tougher game. And uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. The, the big, the monkey is off the proverbial back of Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. It was said Harbaugh can't win the big game. Um, they haven't been able to win in the college football playoff. Uh, they were going up against Big Bad Bama. Um, they were not scared. Uh, contrary to what a lot of people on the uh, X machine were saying that Michigan gasp when they found out they had to play Alabama was because they were scared. They proved that wrong. So I think that that skeleton out of the closet absolutely is an advantage for them. I think they... They look at this game as a huge matchup, no question. And, and Harbaugh will be have preparing them as if they did for the Alabama game. Um, but uh, the the secondary of Washington is a little suspect. I, I think this game's going to be heavy, JJ. Um, if JJ wants to go to the NFL, it, it depends on his play on Monday night. Uh, and I and I really do think that Harbaugh looks at it in that way, and he's going to give him every opportunity to show NFL scouts that he's worthy. Uh, but also, you have that running game. Corum just he plays fearless. The touchdown in overtime was all him, all him, uh, and and we've been watching him like that for four years. So, um, and I put in the in the chat my X factor and. and it's, it's kind of interesting. It, it could be Samaj Morgan. And coming into that game, they put him at punt return, I believe, against, was it Iowa? Uh, they had been calling, the fans had been calling for him. He's he's fast. He's, he's so fast. And his first punt return in college went for a touchdown. So uh, he presents 
a lot of uh, advantages for Michigan, not only in special teams, but you can get him open in the flat, get him open in space. His speed really can and can work wonders. So, um, yeah, the game the game worries me. Michael Penix, his ability to to, to explosive plays. Uh, I think these big games are defined by explosive, huge chunk plays, and and they have the ability to do that. But every corner Michigan has turned and faced adversity, they've blown through it. And I I don't think this game's going to be any different. So um, coaching, I think, comes into uh, into effect here. Kalen DeBoer has done an unbelievable job with Washington. Uh, Former Eastern Michigan University quarterback coach, ironically enough, just six years ago. So uh, he's come a long way. He's proven himself. And coming into the Big Ten, he's going to be uh, getting even better. But um, I think this is a game the team plays for Coach Harbaugh because in my estimation, I think he's going to tell the guys uh, probably Sunday or Monday that he's already signed a contract in the NFL. That's my reckless speculation hot take. Uh, I think Harbaugh lets the team know this is it, and they're going to go out and win one for the uh, the proverbial gipper. For the for the khaki or khaki, yeah. the guy, the, yeah, uh, that, that, that's my biggest issue with it. Jake from State Farm, yeah, <laughs> the Lululemon uh, Jim Harbaugh. I remember Samaj Morgan had a forty-four yard touchdown against uh, Purdue. I don't remember the return, but I know that dude's fast. And people act like Michigan doesn't have playmakers. I I think Roman Wilson has twelve touchdowns and and averages like fifteen, sixteen yards per catch. So. They got dudes also, uh, not as Johnson, not as many. They have Cornelius Johnson, who has not been anywhere most of the season. Looking and you're tied in, too. What, Loveless or whatever his name is? Wilson Loveland? Yeah. They got two. I told you I like Barner a lot, too. What I saw of him, um, I think his nickname was Psycho. Is that right? Like, did somebody say that? Like, he's just got a, a mean streak. He likes to put a hat on someone no matter what. He's not going out of bounds. He blocked well. Um, maybe not this year, but I, I think that's going to be a guy to look out for. Um, you know, I, I think Harbaugh has a master plan, and I think it's finally all come together um, in all phases. Uh, Tom, are we ready for bet your nuts? And, and we're only at 54 minutes. I was trying to keep it to an hour, but, you know, maybe one or two minutes for each of uh, the non-Michigan folks. And then two to three would put us just over an hour at Bet Your Nuts. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's do it. All right. It's time for Bet Your Nuts. <laughs> Ross coming in hot with the handle. Everyone's got everyone's got caught having a drink at the moment. <laughs> I I didn't have time to. I, I can't tell you what I bought when I got gas, and I I can't drink it. it it's a four loco, and it's so disgusting. And oh, Michelle oh, may be the only like person drink like the. I, I think if you have four of them, you die. But what, what um, are you, 15, I, I Ross. No man, I told you I had yeah, zero time and, and 
My my wife and kid are staying at my mother-in-law's house and the rat dog that I don't like, and my dog is here. So Spe- Speaking of, we got we, we to gotta have vodka Capri Suns at some point. Basketball <laughs> season's already halfway through, and we have not had these yet. Michelle, as, as an attorney, as an attorney, Rob and I went, we went to a basketball game at UT that a place called Fort Sanders Yacht Club, and they would inject Capri Suns with vodka. And they would use a syringe, and then he would tape <laughs> over them with scotch tape. They were the best thing we've ever had. Yeah. On top real, of that, we we fine. were just like liability wise, just like. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, they, and they were like two dollars a pop, so Raj just bought the entire bar. Yeah, I, I, I think I bought forty of them, and uh, yeah, uh, as far as I. We'll leave it at that. But uh, I was—we assume no one died. I have to ask. I had an ordinary hangover, but I was just like asking the dude, "How is this possible exactly?" I was and, uh, using the, a Capri Sun to put vodka in it, and how much vodka do you drain it first and then inject? No, no, no. You just oh like, no, like the pouch doesn't fill you, all the way up, so you, you just, just like get the pouch, stick the and, syringe in it, inject it, and, and a little bit comes out. Yeah, and. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of air pocket we, we've learned of, of an air pocket at the top of a Capri Sun. Um, yeah, and I normally don't bust handles. Oh, I told you today God. sucked. Oh. But let's get out of my problems in life and into <laughs> probably the most interesting, thank God, no SEC teams. Sorry, Rob. National <laughs> championship game that I can oh, remember. Yeah, Every day. I waffle on which way to go. Um, I'm going to start with me. I'd like to see Washington win. It has nothing to do with my crappy former conference. I think it would be more fun. That being said, I've never seen trenches. Not necessarily true. It's been a long time since I've seen trenches like that. And I think they're going to do enough. Uh, Sound football, again, uh, against Alabama, two penalties for 25 yards. Um, you know, they, they don't do a lot of bad things. Now, special teams is a disadvantage. But I, I just see the more sound team coming out of this game as as the victor. Excuse the pun. Um, as for the spread, are we doing bet your nuts now? Um, man, it, it, if I say Washington covers, that would mean probably a video. You did run the video. If I say Washington <laughs> covers, that would mean James Turner kicks the game-winning field goal, and I don't see that. So I guess, unfortunately, I have to go with Michigan because I can't see a three-point game winner there. Um, uh, now, now keep in mind, this is this game is indoors, and um, Washington speed is is exhilarating for lack of a better word on the outside but that being said i i think michigan is just a more sound team with a special year and more galvanized as we've said and um again i haven't seen trenches like that in quite a while so um i i think michigan wins and i think the under comes in uh before we get to the michigan folks brandon your thoughts i'm somewhat similar to you um, like I said before, I think Michigan is more well-rounded. I think their trenches 
uh, again, are are phenomenal um, on both sides of the ball, but defense especially. The depth, um, you know, the pass rush, that's going to be hard to handle. Uh, I think what the game really comes down to is going to be McCarthy on his arms, on his back. Like, can he make those plays when needed? And I think that's what we're going to see. And that that's going to determine in my – I think – I think the line and the defense keeps the game really close. And I think either JJ wins it or loses it. And I think it's going to be on his shoulders. Um, and, and quickly. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I was going to say that being said, I bet you're nuts is uh, over 55 and a half. I know that's not part of the deal. We're supposed to pick a spread, but I like the over 55 and a half. Now you have to pick a spread. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it. He's got to. I'm not going to hold you to it. You can do it right now. It'll probably change as the line changes. I can't believe it hasn't changed yet. Um, I think Michigan wins by like one or two. Wow. Um, no, I, what I was quickly going to say is McCarthy doesn't make mistakes. And um, that's, like super impressive in my opinion. And I, I think he can turn it up. And another thing is Michigan, whether by design or not, or a fairly weak big 10 um, was very vanilla all year. And I'm curious to see if, if they pull out more stops than they did uh, last game. And why yeah, is susceptible to that? We haven't got to see that d- deep into their offense and like, you know, there was a couple of trick plays here and there, but again, they could just run the ball down Bama's throat. And, you know, when you can do that, why the hell would you throw it? <laughs> you know, so. I mean, why I, isn't everybody going to bite on a running back that, that scored 38 touchdowns? Yeah. No, I agree. Robbie? Um, yeah, th- this is pretty easy for me. Um <laughs> Famous last words, but uh, <laughs> so don't the, don't follow his bet, right? Yeah, so bet yeah. the officer. What I'm about to say, uh, I think this is going to be a close game, a really close game, and to be a really close game, the over is going to hit. So I think Washington is going to put as much pressure on Michigan as they've seen all season. But I think Michigan can run the ball, and with JJ, they can answer. So I think it's going to be back and forth, even though Michigan can get pressure. Washington's good at getting the ball out quickly. So I like the over 55 and a half. Um, and like I said, I think it's going to be a good close game. So uh, in that situation, I'll take the points. I'll take the four and a half. So I will be betting the over and Washington plus four and a half. Wow. Ordinarily, well, somebody, somebody does not agree with you. Um, ordinarily, I'd let Michelle finish, but producer extraordinaire will cut us off. So, Michelle, what? Who's got the crazy dog? Sorry, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Was that Daisy? Wow, sounds uh, sounds like a tough one. Um, That dog doesn't play for Michigan. I'll tell you that. Uh, Speaking of (laughs) Michelle, four and a half. Final score, hypothetically speaking, does Michigan cover? Yeah. I think 35-27 is the final score, uh, which does I love it. get us with the over. 
I think a few difference makers in addition to the ones I noted are the ability of our, frankly, our secondary to win a couple 50-50 balls. Um, they haven't had a lot of people challenge them deep this year, quite honestly, and they have been pretty solid on turnover margin. It just takes one or two picks in this game to really shift the momentum in a significant way. I'd expect to see Michigan really get aggressive there. I think the other thing is we saw Washington give up quite a bit of space in the middle that allowed Ewers to run. We know that JJ can absolutely execute a designed run when called upon to do so. I think those opportunities will be there for him. So I like Michigan's ability to score on really a, a weaker defense than they've seen in the last four games for sure. And I think the defense is going to be able, like I said, to challenge Penix, challenge the receivers enough to keep the score down. So 35-27. I love it. Somebody gave me a score. Um, before I go to Tom to finish out, I just wanted to say congratulations to you absolutely ridiculously loyal Michigan folks, people, fans. Um, I know what it's like to get there, Tennessee Folks don't. Ohio State fans do. And um, there's there's not much of a better feeling. Uh, and looking forward to Monday, um, I'm happy for you both. Uh, Tom, why don't, why don't you take us home? Give us your thoughts on everything. And and then you hit the button, my friend. And, and thank you to everyone, to, to Michelle, uh, to Brandon Chain, Ohio State Buckeye, even to Robert Davis. Um, and I'll thank myself. I got nothing better to do. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for watching. We, we essentially stuck to time. Tom, the floor is yours. Um, you know, and, and I, I do want to thank Michelle for coming on. She's been just a great, uh, great uh, person to have on. Her expertise, not only in the legal world, but the, the her, college football. Her insight. It's, it's exceptional. It's, it's second to none. And and we are all honored that that you chose to come on and be a part of it. And and we couldn't be any happier and, and hope this this continues beyond this season. Um but um yeah, I mean as as a Michigan fan my whole life, uh living through the Cooper years, it was it was fun, but they just never could get any further than you know the Rose Bowl, won it a couple times, but um the sweater vest era, Jim Tressel era, that was tough. The Urban Meyer era was tough. So the highs and lows uh, has been uh, incredible. Uh, my dad, as you all know, is a Buckeye. So he kind of gives me a look every year. Uh, and it says, ha, 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 got you again. And uh, it's been nice to be able to, to kind of give him that look. But, um, yeah, it feels damn good to be in it. Uh, it was emotional night Monday after they won. Uh, I think I went around and hugged everybody in the speakeasy, which was mostly Spartan fans, by the way, who, who were clapping and who were fired up for Michigan. So, um, that was a really cool moment, moment for me, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's been a long time coming. And if this is the, the final ride for Harbaugh, man, wouldn't it be great to send him off? in the sunset as a winner. So, um, yeah, I, this game is, 
four and a half. I think, you know, it was two and a half to Alabama. I think a lot of people were scratching their heads on and Michigan covered. I, I think this is the same thing. I think this is four and a half and Michigan's going to find a way to get it done. JJ McCarthy is going to show why he wears that C on his chest, why he goes out and meditates against the goalpost two hours before every game, why he stood with his commitment for the the years behind um, Cade McNamara. So, uh, he's you know, I love himself. that. I love he, that guy. He, he's, he's, he's a different kid. He's an old school type of player. He's a, he's definitely a Jim Harbaugh guy. So I like Michigan to cover here. I do like the over. I think we're going to get into a, a dog fight probably some somewhere in the uh, late second into the third quarter. So uh, give me Michigan, give me the cover, the over, uh, and give me one hell of a night on Monday. Uh, if they win, it, it could get real fun and exciting in the speakeasy. And do we want to go with final words, guys? I know Robbie Robbie mentioned final words. I, I, are we good? Or are we you got anything I've got nothing to say, to say man. We, we got the national championship, okay. an exhilarating matchup that – I, I, I've, got, I've, I've got something to say. Go ahead. Shocker. Well, Robbie, I'll, I'll hand it to you, and then I'll, I'll take over after you're done. All right. Final final thoughts for me are Houston should never host a national championship game. Houston is the worst. It, <laughs> like Especially downtown sucks. There's the medical district that's up north, I think, and then – the, and they cheat. Their baseball team cheats the too. The football stadium is down south. It's away from everything. There's only – I've got a list of cities that should be able to host a national championship game. Atlanta, NOLA, obviously. NOLA should ha- host almost every event. And then Indy with – and then a possibility of L.A. But Houston shouldn't. Dallas shouldn't. Pasadena? Are you nuts? No, no, not Pasadena. So far. Oh, um, oh, you're saying a lack of Pasadena. Pasadena is no, hard to get to. It's great, but eh, it's worth it. It is worth it. But that that's it. Houston should, the final fours in Houston, Tennessee goes to the final four, or when they go to the final four, I'll be there, but I'm not gonna be happy about it being there. That's my final words. Houston sucks. Touche. Houston does suck. Beautiful. Well, on that note, again, thank you, Michelle. <laughs> Uh, Raj, you you got here. You made it happen, even though you had to fight tooth and nail to get get there. And we are we are definitely happy and better off for it. Um, Brandon, oh I know I know it was tough. I know it was tough oh picking up picking our team. So uh, thank you for that. And 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 in this new year, I just it, it, overall I want to thank everybody. I want to thank you guys for trusting me to produce and and with your guys' expertise. And your sports knowledge, we I think we are very unique, and and the new year is going to bring a lot of new opportunities. So, again, thank you everyone for listening. I know we had a really good uh, performance today. We had a lot of people watching, and I, that's awesome. That shows you guys are kicking ass, and I'm I'm thankful for that. So, I uh, look forward to better shows moving forward. So, for Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, Robbie Davis. And Michelle, law expert, college football extraordinaire. I am Tom Sloan. Have a good night and happy new year. Go blue. Go blue. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation.